Hey guys, you're listening to another episode of Shifted Radio. I'm Mike. And today we have another great episode lined up for you. Mike Angelitas is here to join us. Mike is currently playing for HC Bolzano in the Erste Bank Ice Hockey Liga, in the EBEL. As of today, Mike has played in 749 career professional games. He has played in the NHL for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and he has won a Calder Cup with the Norfolk Admirals in 2012. This is a great episode, everyone. We're pleased to have Mike join us today. Welcome, Mike. Hey, Mike, how are you doing today? Good, yourself? I'm doing great, thank you. Why don't you tell the listeners where exactly you are? I'm in Bolzano, Italy, northern Italy. And how is that going so far this season? Uh, it's been pretty good. Uh, you know, our team hasn't been doing as good as uh, we wanted, but, you know, we've won the last three in a row and we've been climbing the standings and uh, it's a great place to come and visit. A lot of good food, good wine, and uh, it's a great place. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, you've been having a good time up in northern Italy. That sounds like it's a, kind of amazing. What's uh, what's going on in that city, in that place of the world uh, right now? Anything interesting? Uh, yeah, you know, they've got a lot of Christmas markets in all the small towns around here. And, uh, you know, it's been great, you know, going to all the Christmas markets, seeing, getting me into the Christmas um, mood and you know it's uh the people here are really friendly you know there's great food you know all the restaurants are going and uh everybody's just outside and walking around you know it's winter time but everyone seems to always be outside still you know it's not as cold as back home in Canada but uh you know it's great we love it and uh we're having a lot of fun that's amazing yeah we talked a lot uh before the season started about how this season would be uh, if you're coming over to Europe. And once you told me that you were going to Italy, uh, I was uh, slightly jealous because I'm Italian. But uh, <laughs> I know that you and your family were looking for a really good place to be. And, and I know that's a really good place. So I'm excited for you for that opportunity. And I think that that's uh, awesome. Um, we gave the listeners a little bit of background, a quick Coles Notes version of your history in hockey. Uh, but why don't you go a little more in depth into it and uh, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and how uh, how you came to be where you are today. That's a long story. I've been playing hockey for a long time, Mike. But it's okay. Uh, you can uh, you can give us the the main points, and then we'll go into some further later. Well, I grew up in uh, Markham. Uh, that's where I uh, was raised. Um, and, uh, played for the Markham Thunder, Markham Islanders. And then I moved over to the Vaughn Kings and, uh, played there for four years. And then I got drafted to Owen Sound Attack. And before I got there, I went, played for the Thornhill Rattlers. Um, you know, I had a great minor hockey career. It was fun. I made a lot of good friends, uh, over that, over those years. And, you know, still in touch with some of them, which was awesome because, you know, that's why you play hockey, to make friends and, and enjoy the game that you love. Um, from there, I went to Owen Sound. Played four years in Owen Sound, which was a small town, coming from Markham to a big city, going to 
you know, a little town of Bowen Sound with 20,000 people was a culture shock for sure, especially I come from a big family and always being with my family, that was something different, uh, you know, being billeted and, you know, your mom and dad earning with you and uh, your friends. That was definitely a hard moment in my career, I would say. You know, I, you know, I'm used to being with my family every weekend, you know, even if it's my cousins or, you know, my dad's friends or my buddies or whatever. I was always around people and, uh, you know, that was that was tough. And then from there, I ended up getting drafted after my overage year. You know, I got first two years, I didn't play much in Owen Sound. And then uh, my third year, I got hurt. So I had one year to make a name for myself and I panned out. And I got a contract to Carolina Hurricanes. Was in that organization for four years. And then I ended up going to Tampa Bay for four, six years. And then Calgary for one. And now I'm playing my 12th year pro hockey you know, came over to Europe to have some fun, see the world, and uh, see what the hockey's like here. Wow, that's uh, yeah, you're right. There is quite a bit uh, there. <laughs> you, you you touched on a little bit about the minor hockey and how important that is, and how you make so many good friends. And it's amazing how um, some of my childhood friends have become like, were like my best friends, and you know, you keep in touch with those guys all throughout your your life and. Uh, whether they are still playing hockey or not, uh, chances are um, at this point in our careers uh, we're <laughs> somewhat of the only ones of our uh, Yeah, there's not many playing. guys left yeah. playing, right? It's hard. Yeah, so, but it's nice to see that you keep in touch with those guys uh, because hockey's a great way to bring people together. And I know for us, I remember going to the rinks back then as a kid and it would be just so much fun. You'd be looking forward to going to battle with your, your brothers, your boys. Uh, what about mini sticks in the hallway? Oh, uh, you can't beat that. Yeah, every every hotel now probably bans mini sticks in the hallways because of yeah, what we did. Exactly. We were trendsetters back in the day. Sleepovers with your buddies can't beat anything like that. I know. It's uh, it's amazing uh, how that how you form those bonds. Um, did you always know you wanted to play hockey and be a hockey player? Uh, I, I always wanted to be a hockey player growing up. I always felt like I was going to, you know, I wanted to be, you know, like being a kid and you were, you know, you always like, I want to be, I want to be, but you know, there's a lot of factors that come into it, but you know, I just kept working every, every level I kind of went. I just, you know, I wanted to be the best. I wanted to be better. And I worked at it. Um, uh, you know, I always wanted to be a go-to guy at some point, some way or another. Uh, you know, you want to be on the ice. And, you know, I got to Owen Sound and I wanted to be on the team. And then I made the team and, you know, I, I worked at it. And, you know, I said, I'll give it a shot, give it a shot and see how it goes. And, you know, it, it panned out. It worked out for me. Um, you know, sometimes you work hard and, you know, everybody's different, right? You just got to give everything you got in every moment and uh, try and be the, try and be one of the guys. Try and try and showcase what you what you can bring to the table. Right. Um, hockey, you got to have fun though. That's one thing. You know, uh, you know the years I've struggled. I you know I struggled with my first year in Owen Sound. You know, I wasn't having as much fun. And then uh, my second year, I really said, you know what, I'm gonna try and be myself and just have some fun hockey became better for me because, you know, I, it was like I was being a kid again. I was having fun playing the game. Yeah, right. And that's uh, 
it's the essence of what we do. I mean, we, we play a game and we're fortunate enough to be paid to play this game. But, um, when it really comes down to it, uh, it's those things that we learned as kids that are helping us to be <laughs> successful at what we're doing today. Like, what's uh, your so, favorite thing in the summer? Like, you know, when you're playing ball hockey, you like you know, yourself, like you, you know, you get together, we play, you know, shinny on the ice, just a bunch of guys. Yeah. You know, and like, that's the love of the game right there. Absolutely. Know, With your, exactly. That's, that's so awesome that you point that out because a lot of the attention right now in, in the hockey community, especially in the minor hockey community is like, really talking about like being specialized and specializing really young. And I think that uh, it can, it can lead to a lot of kids burning out sooner. I mean, it's just, you can see it as they come up and, and now the, the young kids who are coming into pro hockey, they're having to deal with a lot more pressure, but they've already been dealing with 10 years worth of pressure uh, building up in the background um, from when they were minor hockey kids. And I'm sure it happened when, when we were playing yeah but it wasn't like well. uh not 12 years of pro like i played 12 years of pro hockey and i and i never when i was a kid was ever never i went to a hockey camp you know one week two weeks you know i went to hockey camps you know that was to keep me busy keep me active but i feel like the kids now there's a lot of pressure instead of you know it should be in th like they should be focused on the skills the 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 skills of the player you know and and uh just letting them have fun like hockey's supposed to be fun and that's when you play your best you ask yeah. anybody when when you're having fun or you're winning hockey games that's the yeah. most fun you'll ever have in pro hockey yeah absolutely and it's a there's no pressure on you when there's pressure on you you're not going to have as much fun and i think uh kids need to go back and be kids have fun put your skates on put your sticks go on the ice have some fun out there you know, and be a kid, love the game, and then see where it takes you. Not exactly. to say not to work hard and work on your skills. I think you need to do that. Go to hockey camps. It's good for you. But uh, I'm still yeah. learning now as a pro hockey player. I still go to, you know, hockey camps. I still learn new things from young players. I learning stuff. So, you know, you're always learning. Mike, I got to tell you, that's exactly why you're still playing hockey today. Uh, because you always uh, – are always learning from everyone around you and everyone's always learning from you. So it's, it's a big, big part of why yeah, they're uh, learning. They're learning different things. I'm not showing them how to do a toe trick. I guess some <laughs> these kids can flick plucks no, but... in the air. Dangles. He asked me to do a shootout. I might as well dump it in the corner. You know, Mike, I'm not, uh, those are my skill sets. You know, I'm learning those things still, but you know what? I know the game, but uh... exactly. But you know yourself, right? And that's the most intangible aspect of hockey and, that's the number one thing that kids need to be focused on is knowing yourself first and foremost. I mean, the very percent you're right there, Mike, you got to know what your role is, what you bring to the table and you bet and you be the best at what you bring to the table. Exactly. There's 23 different spots on a roster and there's 23 different people that are going to get those spots. You're not going to have five 50 goal scorers. Uh, it just doesn't happen. There's not enough pucks to go around for everybody. There has to be there has to be someone to fill the role of fourth line left wing or second line left wing or third pairing defenseman or backup goalie. Everyone is so important to the team. That's what I, I find amazing. Like every part of the team is so important that I think you, take... you realize that as you get older, because I find that when you're a kid, you like kids in younger age, you know, 
the unsung hero isn't as he isn't the guy that everyone talks about. You know, they all want to talk about the goal scorer. You know, you know the goal scorer. This, you know, he's the man. You know, and yeah. and, and and it's tough, right? I think uh, you got to find what makes what will help you get to the next level. And you know, when you're younger, you want to put up points, which is fine. You work at it, but when you get to a certain age or a certain level, everybody has come from a goal, been a goal scorer. But now you have to weed yourself, especially when I was pro hockey. I came to pro yeah. hockey and I realized, hey, you know what? I, I, I don't think I'm going to make a game in the NHL of being a a goal scorer, being the American League as a goal scorer. You know, I got to bring something else to the table that allows me to be good at what my job, help me get a job and stay being a pro hockey player. And, you know, I adapted. I became a centerman. I was a left winger in my whole junior career, my whole hockey career. I was a left winger. All of a sudden, my first year pro, my coach says, hey, have you ever played center? And I said, yeah, I've played center before. I, you know, I've taken a few draws, but not a centerman. I started taking draws on my backhand. I was pretty decent at it because I could just use my power. And then I became a centerman. And then I became a shutdown centerman. And, you know, it just kind of snowballed into defining who I am as a player and what my role was. You know, PK guy. That's fascinating. That Like, it's it's so good for these kids to learn and, like, hear all this stuff, like, you're you're sitting here thinking back about your whole hockey career, and I'm and I'm not sure if you've ever really you've thought about it probably because I've thought about it, but it's it's hard to like actually go out and and say these things and talk about it because we're not really in that chance to go and like talk about these things. So it's really good um, to hear you say these things and and for these kids to to learn that it's so important uh, to know who you are because you can definitely make a hockey career out of being who you are, you, you know, the sooner you find out and figure out exactly who you are and what you bring to the table, and then you be the best at that role, you're going to play for 12 plus years. And, and you got to be, but you got to excel at that role. You're, you're, you're right. I've played with guys that were demon. Now they're forwards and they're shut down forwards, you know, or I've seen guys that are D that now are goal scorers. I've seen goal scorers go to D like, you know, you you see so many guys like even a guy like Brett Burns, prime example. I played against guy. He's a defenseman, forward. Mm-hmm. You know, he switched positions. There's so many guys in in hockey that have switched. You know, my our coaches here. We're, we've been short a D man. I even told him I could play D. <laughs> I don't know if they want to see me pivot backwards. You know, but <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure you'd probably like to play goalie more though. I do. I love goalie. I used to be a goalie back in the day. My first year. First couple of years pro, uh, not pro hockey. hockey. Pro. <laughs> when I was yeah, like I mean, four years be... old, I used to be a goalie with my brother's team. I'm sure. Uh, how was that? I was good. My dad, my dad took me out. I wanted to stay. My dad said no. It's actually probably a yeah. good thing because I was. Uh, yeah, dad's I, always no best. We never you know what? I didn't, I didn't back the, then. I don't <laughs> they always know type best. of a goalie, you know, Mike. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, you do have some uh, you have really good hip mobility, though, for sure. I've seen that hip mobility come in with your Mohawks. So. That's, that's <laughs> my specialty right there, buddy, the Mohawks. Yeah. Well, I mean, I see, you know, from from you saying, you, you know, you, you weren't going to make it as a goal scorer. In your AHL career, you have 133 goals. Uh, that's pretty good um, for someone who doesn't classify themselves as a goal scorer. Uh, I think you had... I look at myself you know, more of a utility guy, Mike. You know, I could, yeah. I could be on the power play. I could do net front, but 
you know, my rules can change, right? Sometimes you need me to be a defensive guy, be a defensive guy. Yeah, well, what? Do, so what do you, like, going into professional hockey, obviously it turned uh, turned the lights on to what it actually was like. Um, but once you those lights were turned on, like, what, what did you expect of yourself once you knew what it was actually like in pro hockey? Like, what? Well, I had first no year clue. Right? You sign your first contract, you're like, oh, my God, I'm Carolina Hurricanes. I signed a three-year entry-level deal. I don't know what that means. I'm thinking, you know, you're a kid. You think, holy crap, I might make Danny Chow. You know, I don't I, – you don't know what your – what it entails, right? Like, you know, you don't – you think, holy, and then you get there and you're like, okay, well, now I've been sent from the NHL to the AHL. Now I got sent to the coast. Now I'm like, oh, my God, I'm through. I'm, I got to climb, right? I got to go from, yeah. like, you know, the East Coast all the way to the NHL. Like, now I'm, you know, I've got to, I got to pass, like, 60 guys, 50 guys. Like, I, I got, you know, there's only 14 spots in the NHL. There's 14 in the AHL, and then there's my team. And say there's five forwards on my team. I got to beat all these guys to get back up there. Like, you know, I'm like, okay, where am I going? Now I'm in Florida. Like, you know, I was in the Florida Everblades and I was like, okay, how am I going to get here? Uh, And we split organizations with Colorado. So, you know, I I sat down, didn't know what I was kind of getting myself into. You know what? I found, I found my love for hockey again there, you know, like uh, being sent down was tough on me mentally. And then, you know, you get down to the, you know, Florida, and it was so much fun. The guys, the older guys on the team were a lot of fun. They were, you know, they made hockey fun at the rink. I enjoyed going to the rink every day. So then I realized, you know, I got to I gotta enjoy this. I'm playing hockey, and I'm living in Florida, and I'm having some fun. And I got to make the best of it and see what happens. And You know, I ended up having a good year, and I got called up by Christmas time. And never got sent down after that. I stayed in the AHL, and... uh once I got there, I had a good coach that was a, you know, he's now a GM of Florida Panthers. And, uh, yeah, Tommy he, was a, he's a great guy. He's a, Tom Rowe, he taught me what it was yeah. like to be a pro hockey player. And, uh, you know, I think there's always coaches in hockey that teach you things, and each coach will teach you something different. You know, I have minor hockey coaches I still talk to to this day. You know, some were crazy in one way or another, and they were great the other way. Like, they taught you different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he, you know he taught me one thing and how to be a pro, and you know that helped me realizing what I he he kind of defined my role a bit and helped me realize what I c- could become, and you know I, I trusted him and it ended up panning out for myself. Yeah, I think you know I, I'm thinking back to that rookie year because I mean we that's where we met basically and we played together and we ended up living together that first year in Albany. We got called up pretty much at the same time. And uh, I think, I think we overlooked the fact that uh, those, that coaching staff that we had was, was pretty good and they were pretty good with us. And between Carolina and Colorado, they put a lot of resources and effort into, into that team. We had some adventures on that team. Yeah. Some adventures for sure. But we had like, we, we learned how to be pros. Like we learned how to be like gritty, you know, I feel I think that that's the, like really one thing that I think for me, it helped me change like my mentality towards hockey and towards how I was going to stay in the AHL and stay playing professionally was, you know, to have that grittiness and to bring something and compete every night and then 
you know, battle for your teammates. And, you know, the, the best thing, the best thing is crazy, but you know, the best thing I did uh, when I got called up was in my third game, you know, I was playing well, but my third game, like one of our guys got jumped and I had no idea what was going on. And I ended up fighting somebody who was like, I remember the league. That. yeah, we, we were both playing. It was one of our first games and we, you know, you fought someone that game too, but you know, we, we earned the respect of our teammates and our, especially our coach. And 100%. I think that really, that, that moment really changed a lot of things for me. And it was like three games into my AHL career. And it, and it helped you realize you got to do whatever it takes to stay or to move up mm-hmm. and uh, to be there as a good teammate. And you, you were unreal. It was awesome. I still remember your first NHL game watching. Uh, I was in Albany. You were in, what do you call it? You were gone. You were in, what do you call it? Lake Erie. Lake yeah. Erie? Yeah, I was in Lake Erie. Yeah. yeah. And when you got your call, I remember watching you. It was unreal. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's funny because we both ended up watching each other first game. Uh, yours yours started off pretty hot, though, with a goal in your first shift. Yeah. Can that you take was, us was... back? Can you take us back? Like, what were you thinking in that time? Like, what, what, what was going on in that moment? Like, obviously, there's a lot of adrenaline. But do you remember anything about what happened? To be honest, I just remember, like, you know, I always like some of the best hockey games I've ever played are uh, just going out there and just playing the game, not thinking I got to score a goal, I got to do this, I got to do that. Just put my helmet on and go play hockey like it's supposed to be played, like you're a kid. And that's what I did. I went out, wasn't thinking, just played hockey and read react. You know, not thinking like, if I don't get this puck out or if I don't do this or I don't do that. You know, I might mess up. I just went out, played hockey, and ended up picking up off a puck and threw a backhand. I don't know, maybe that goalie would want that one back. I don't know, but it went in the net, and I, I went crazy, and uh, that's it. <laughs> that was a good celebration, too. I was, you know, I mean, it was nice. It was all like, my family, and my my family was there. My uh, fiance was there, and at the time, my wife now, and. Uh, for them to be there for a special moment like that, you know, that's why we play the game. You know, they, exactly. Our families do so much for us to play, and you know, you don't realize how much your parents do for you when you're playing hockey, and all the times they they take you to all these tournaments, how much money it costs, and then when you're playing hockey and you have kids of your own like myself, you realize what they did for you, and you know, to have them there to enjoy those moments, you know, makes. It's worth it either way, but it makes it even more worthwhile. Absolutely, it's it's a it's really crazy to to think about how much time they actually had to sacrifice in order for us to play. You know, like we're traveling across the city to play games, and they're leaving work early, and we have to be at a rink at six o'clock, an hour before a game, and they're battling traffic on the DVP or on the four hundred one or on. Uh, the 404 just trying to get to a game you know an hour before it just so that we can be there and, and the coach wouldn't be mad at us and we could go and play you know they would spend most of their time hanging out with the other parents which I'm sure that they probably love too but uh, I think they probably would say that they miss it but it was just such a big time commitment from them so like yeah we're definitely grateful to our parents for sure that's a it's an amazing uh, oh. point for sure and what about your siblings that are sitting in the cars with you? <laughs> well, you know, I, I grew up watching my brother play and my cousins, you know, and you sit there and watch them play every day. 
you know, you become a rink rat almost. You know, I was at my brother's games. If it wasn't my brother's, it was at my games, you know. So you live in a rink your whole life. Is that a yeah. hockey arena? And you know what? At the end of the day, it's all worth it. It's all, it's, you know, it's the best game out there. And I'm thankful every day what hockey's given to me. And, uh, you know, I look forward to coaching my son and, you know, volunteering for other other teams to go on the ice with their kids and, you know, to give back to the game because, you know, the game gives you so much, you know, and, uh, you know, it's one of those games where it brings so many people together that it's uh, it's great to put your kids in it. You know, my daughter wants to play now and, you know, I'm I'm excited for that. For sure. And knowing you and how like big you are on family and how tight knit your whole family group dynamic is like with your family and your wife's family. Uh, I'm sure that now, you know, seeing, seeing your son and daughter, like go through that stage where they're kind of getting curious about playing and, uh, and seeing like how your dad will interact with you. And then you think back about how, you know, your dad would interact with you back then. Uh, it's probably pretty, probably pretty interesting and, and a little bit uh, heartwarming to have those feelings come back to you again. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I think about what my dad used to say to me after every game. I think about what I would say to my son. <laughs> or when I'm watching my brother-in-law, who's uh, 11 years old, and, you know, I watch him play, you know, as much as I can when I come home because the season's usually over when I get home. But when I have a chance to watch a summer tournament or anything like that, I go and watch. And what I would say to him, like, you know, my dad used to always tell me, I'm your number one fan, but I'm your number one critic. Yeah. And he would tell me straight, he'd ask me the question, how do you, how do you think you played? You know, my answer was always, I was great. You know, <laughs> I always thought I was unreal, I was sweet on the ice. And, uh, you know, and then he'd peg me uh He'd say, yeah, sometimes he'd tell me, yeah, you were great. You played awesome. That's the way you, you should have played. And then sometimes he uh, will be brutally honest. Hey, you know what? You weren't very good tonight. And, uh, you know, you got to be better for your team. You know, and, and he was right. And I learned from that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I My dad was, um, he was not opposite. He was just, uh, instead of doing this, like, most of the talking after the game, my dad would talk a lot to me before the game, on the way to the game. He would, he would always say things like, um, you know, you, you, uh, you know, like make sure you move your feet or compete out there and, and like move the puck, join the rush, get your shots through. And he was more trying to get me to like get excited before the game. Yeah, inspire and you. Would, okay, so what, what, what was but, your, what was the one thing he'd get on you about? What was well, the he would he always, he, he would at? always. He would always say, you know, make sure you're competing out there. Make sure you're, you're, you're skating out there. Move your feet. And and like sometimes, if I had a bad game or if I didn't play well the game before, like he would, he would let me know. Not after the game, he would let me know on the way to the next game. He would say like, "Don't make me waste my money on you." No, he wouldn't. <laughs> no, he would. He would. No, see, my dad would give it to me right <laughs> after games. Like, what was that? You were you were brutal out there tonight. You didn't even move your feet. You were being lazy. You know what? He was right. I was lazy. Yeah, he, they were. You know, like, uh, if they're spending so much time and effort to bring us around to hockey, the least we could do is try hard, you know? Like, 
Well, your hard. dad and my dad are blue collared guys. They exactly. work hard. They, you know, we come from families where you work hard, and, and, and it doesn't matter man. where you come from. But when you're, when it doesn't matter what your parents do, and I'm not, I'm not just saying to say that, but I'm saying, you know, when you're blue collared, you gotta, you work hard, right? And you know, our my dad was always like, you're gonna go out there, you gotta play every shift hard, and and you know what? It's kind of like how I play the game. Every shift, play hard, be consistent, and you know, one thing I give my dad credit for. When I was sick, it's I'd miss a day of school, and I'd be like, "Hey, you're gonna go, you're gonna sweat it out." Yeah. And you know when I get hurt, I, I play injured now, because yeah. you know I used to play sick, or my dad used to always be like, "You got to battle through things sometimes." You know, exactly. like you're a little hurt, you got to battle. You know, and teaching you reality a lot. is yeah, it teaches you a lot because in the real world, you know, something you know. Yeah, you're not gonna ha- you're not gonna feel great every day, and my dad would do the same thing. You know, if I was if I was a little bit sick or you know not feeling great. He'd be like, "All right, when are we going to the rink? And when are we? When are we? When's it? When's it happening? You know, like you just gotta go and sweat it out, and and you'll feel better, right? And and, and you know what? I, the next day, I did feel better. You bet you, you felt better. Did you not feel better after? A hundred percent. I felt. I felt better. I felt normal the next. I felt great, go, like playing the game because I f- forgot about being sick. And then after the game, it just was like gone. I'd be like. Yeah, that was okay. awesome. I feel Okay, great. so here's the question for you because we're on this topic of where you're talking about. So you have a newborn child. Yes. I've had that. I've been in that situation. It's very difficult when, you, when you're playing pro hockey because your sleep gets cut down. It's the same thing like being sick, right? You're going uh-huh. through something different, adversity, right? You, you know, you're not going to yeah. get as much sleep. When you're sick, you don't get as much How are you dealing with that? Like how, how do you find that that's changed you now that you're playing pro hockey with a newborn? Honestly, it, I, like I didn't even like think about it. Like it's not even like uh, it's not even something that I would consider using as an excuse because it's just like you just got to do what you got to do. You know, like I, I always use the analogy <laughs> that you you'd always tell me when you first had your uh, you know when you first had your kids uh, when when that bell rings, you just got to get up and answer the bell. You know, you just got to do what you got to do, and I think that's a learned habit from when I was a kid for sure uh, because when you had to go to either school or to hockey, you know, you just had to do what you had to do because it's just what we did. Like we didn't know any different. We didn't know like, Hey, no, it's okay. You can stay home from school and, or, Hey, it's okay. You can stay home from, uh, from hockey. Like you get your rest. Like, no, like that was not even an option. It was just like, we're going to power through this and we're going to get better together. And then, you know what, we're going to feel great afterwards and you're going to look yourself in the mirror and you're going to say to yourself before you go to bed, you're going to say, I gave it everything I had today and you can go to bed with a smile on your face saying, I'm, you know, I did everything I could today. 100%. How cool is it that the fact that you get to play in front of your little guy? It's the best, the greatest thing ever. And, then, you know, I can't even wait for when I could watch uh, him out on the ice because... I can already start to feel like what my dad must have felt like watching us play growing up, my brother and I, you know, like we're, he's there at the rink all the time watching either me or him play. And I'm thinking like, well, I get to do that too uh, in the not too distant future. Or if he plays another sport, whatever, it doesn't matter. But, you know, if they play, if they play hockey, it's going to really bring me down memory lane. It's going to be awesome. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. uh, That's amazing. I wanted to actually, while we're on this topic, um, accountability, right? 
I I really believe in it, and I believe in like self accountability is way more important than like it's important to be accountable to your teammates and to your coaches and like to everybody. Um, but you definitely have to be accountable to your family first, and then to yourself because if uh, that's that's my opinion on the matter. Like if ourselves, that means we're being accountable to everyone else around us, and I'm very very big on that notion of like being able to go to sleep at night and look in the, before you go to bed, look in the mirror and say, Hey, listen, I gave everything I had today. And you know, you can, you can kind of, you know, smile and be like, okay, I'm, I'm good. I can go to bed resting easy now. You know, what, what are your thoughts on that? hundred percent. That's everything. You know, I go to bed every night with say good night to my kids. And then, you know, I'm almost sleeping with one eye, one eye open because my kids, you know, they they rely on me, you know, you know, if they cry, daddy, I gotta go get them or, you know, it starts at home for me. I, you know, I'm accountable for my my wife, my kids. You know, to be there for them and uh, make sure I'm there to, you know, watch over my kids first. Most my wife doesn't need me watching over her. She watches over me. But you know, <laughs> uh, you, it starts there and then it goes every day. You know, I, I've I've seen a lot of cool speeches over my time. And one of those best speeches, you know, first thing you do is do something good in the morning. You know, one of them is maybe make your better. Or, you know, brush your teeth, whatever. You do something good. So you start the day off the right way by, you mm-hmm. know, doing something, succeeding in one, one aspect and then going from there. And then, you know, you, you know, and then I go to the rink and then I got to hold myself accountable when I go in that rink. You know, when I go to the practice, you know, I, I'm not, a, I don't think you have to be the best guy on, on the ice in practice, but you got to try to be the best or try and get something out of it. And then, you know, when, when it's time to be at the game, Hold yourself accountable where you your teammates rely on you, but you want to be the guy that they rely on too. Yeah. Exactly. You know, accountability is where, you know, you come to the rink and you have guys that look at you and they are looking at you to do your job, but not just do your job, be the best at your job. And then, you know, you you gotta ask they hold you accountable, but you gotta hold them accountable, and that's what makes a good team in my eyes. You know, where guys Everyone knows their role and everyone holds each other accountable to be the best that they can be. You know, when I go to the rink and I know, okay, I need to win this draw. My team relies on me to win this draw or my team relies on me to kill this penalty. You know, I take that seriously because that's my role. And I want to be the best in my role for myself, for my team, and for my coaches. Or, you know, if I don't do it for those things, I'm not going to go on the ice anymore. And I'm not going to, I'm going to let those guys down. You know, you don't want to be the guy that take, loses the draw, goes D to D and goes in the net. Or, you know, you didn't score that goal when you had an empty net goal because you let your team down. And it happens. But, you know, you want to make sure that you give everything you got and you've prepared yourself. You know, you didn't do what you could have you could have done to maybe succeeding. You know, then, you know, you're going to feel pretty bad about it. Yeah. I mean, I think... Accountability is life. You know... People yes. rely on you to go to work and show up on work on time. You know, people rely on you to make sure dinners, you know, to go get groceries or whatever. That's every day. That's just life in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. Um, I think when you talk about that in like a, in a hockey aspect that I think people should know that like where you've played, you've been either an assistant captain or a captain for you know most of your time in in either place i mean you've been a captain five different seasons and you've been an alternate captain for three other seasons 
I think my four second, other seasons. I think my second year pro. Yeah. So I mean, you, you've been you've been assistant or captain on for ten or eleven of the twelve years pro that you've been you've been playing. So I think uh, I think you got that leadership quality down pat. And I think for me at least, looking at you, it's because you're able to be accountable to yourself and you know be accountable to your teammates. And and I think you really do exceed their expectations even. Uh, even if they're, you know, high expectations of you, I think that you've always been able to exceed those expectations because I know your mindset and your mentality is you're going to work, you're going to work, work, work until, you know, you can't work anymore. And then you're going to work even more after that. I appreciate it. Mike, you're really making me feel good about myself. (laughs) But that's what we're trying to do here. You've got to be willing to do whatever it takes to succeed in life and in hockey and uh, you don't. My advice for kids as, as leadership would be: don't ask anybody to do something unless you're willing to go do it yourself. And uh, best way to be a leader is show it yourself. Do what you're asking everyone else to do. Be consistent. Play hard. Your teammates will follow you. That's also accountability. You know, you go out every night and play hard. You've, you're accountable. Coaches will see that only oh, this guy comes every night. He's prepared. He holds himself accountable. He plays hard, and that and it's all tied into the same aspect. Absolutely. Do you do you find that now uh, after twelve years pro that any of the coaches that you've had have stood out to you as like making a difference for you? Like I know you just mentioned you know coaches and stuff like that, but do you know? Do you notice uh, like a coach and and what they bring to the table and how they can affect the team? And do you uh, you find that any of them have had like any like a disproportionate amount of influence on your career and your mindset? Well, I've had a lot of good coaches. You know, John Cooper, Tampa Bay Lightning, obviously Tom Rowe, he was awesome. Um, Guy Boucher. Uh, I've had a lot of good coaches, you know, Rob Zeller, uh, Ryan Huska. Like, I've had a lot of good coaches. Um, They've all brought something different to the table. Um, You know, they all bring a different style of coaching. You know, I think one thing is, you know, to get the best out of your player is to know them. And, uh, you know, my favorite coaches are the ones that understood who I was. And got the best out of me because they understood how I thought or they tried to understand. And they made every guy in the team feel like they were important and part of the team. I think every guy plays a huge role in a team. Just 23 guys. 23 guys are an impact. Even if a guy's not dressing, he's still an impact to that team. He could be on the outside saying, oh, this team's brutal, this is bad, and, and it affects the whole hockey team. And I think, you know, coaches have to make do a good job making sure everyone feels important. But, you know, I've had, you know, Tom Rowe really taught me how to play pro hockey. You know, John Cooper, you know, he made every guy get the best out of them. You know, Guy Boucher was more of the inspirational. And Ryan Huska, you know, he was Mr. Positive. And, you know, each of these coaches have given me a different view on, you know, hockey and leadership and coaching and uh They've all affected me one way or another. And Ryan Huska was last year, and he he taught me something different, you know. 
we went in a losing streak and he was still positive and we got out of it. And, you know, you know, do you have a guy like that who's positive when, you know, his job could be on the line and, and he's so positive, you know, and gets us out of a situation. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of injuries and he still stayed positive. And we got out of it, we made the playoffs. So, you know, every coach I've had has taught me something different. I'm sure you could attest to the same thing. For sure. For sure. I mean, it's it's also it also comes down to the person, right? I mean, if you're it's one thing if, if the coach is like you could have the best coach in the world and you know you if you're not open to listening to what they're saying or if you're not open to hearing what they have to say, you're not gonna learn from them no matter how good the message or how good a talker or how much confidence or how much inspiration they're gonna spit at you. If you're closed if you're closed off to that you're you're not going to learn right it's, so it's a, it's about the person being open to learning and and learning new things and hearing what they have to say uh, regarding either their tactics their their philosophies or about you or anything right and and seeing yourself on uh, on video uh, and and having them talk to you about what they're thinking uh, in any given situation it really helps you to understand what they're trying to preach or what their message is. And the more that guys buy into what the coach is saying, the better the team is going to do. And then when you have leadership at the top of the players that is really believing in what the coach is saying and then gets the guys to believe in them, that's when you have good recipes for success. And, and I know you've been on a few teams that have had some of those like successful, successful seasons. Um, do you like, can you take us back and, and like just walk us through like what it's like to win a Calder cup uh, and then go back to the finals, you know, like what, what is that experience like of winning a championship where like your team, first of all, the team that won the Calder cup was ridiculous. I mean, uh, you guys won like 30 in a row, uh, beat us in the second round of the playoffs but it was uh it was kind of interesting because i got traded away from you guys first but that team was such a good monster of a hockey team like can you describe what that was like well we had a great team uh you know we were a lot of young guys but we had a lot of good older guys and we were just a really tight-knit team i think our key to our success was being a tight-knit team uh, obviously it was tough losing you because you were a big part of that and developing that um and then we had to play in the second round which is even tougher because you guys were the hardest <laughs> team we played in the whole playoffs and uh, our, our team was pretty good that year too actually yeah you guys were really good pretty team. good and you know we just we had gotten so much confidence from winning so many games in a row. We knew every time playing the game, you know, regardless if we were down by three goals, we'd battle back. And uh, and we did. And we, that's why we kept winning. We had we had swagger. The thing was we had a lot of swagger, a lot of confidence. And, you know, everybody knew their role. You know, we didn't – the coach didn't really have to tell who was going out next. The guys already knew who was going up, you know, and everyone accepted it, you know. You know, I wasn't on the power play, but I knew I was playing first line PK. You know, there was guys that were on first line power play and they didn't play PK or, you know, every guy had a role and they played their role to a T. Even the guys that in the, when it came time to playoffs didn't play, they knew their role in the team and 
that was the difference. Uh, you know, we the coaches gave us our game plan, and then we conduct we held ourselves accountable in the room. Uh, the older guys held everyone accountable, and we went out and won. You know, I've seen. Uh, you know, I've been a Black Ace for a conference final, seen what it's like there. And I've seen, uh, you know, to when Tampa Bay played Chicago, I was a Black Ace. You know, I I witnessed a lot of teams going to finals and winning. And, you know, the key to success to winning is everybody knows their role, does it to the best of their ability, holds each other accountable, and everyone has fun. When it's Absolutely. fun going to the rink and it's fun having playing the game, <clears throat> and everyone holds themselves accountable, it's the best recipe for success. Yeah, it's definitely hard to compete with teams that can throw four lines and 6D or 7D and then two goalies at you, and all they're, con- all they're concentrated on doing is what their role is for the good of the team. It's really, really hard to match that uh, because you literally have to be just as good and better uh, for four shifts in a row and then throughout the whole hockey game. So that's a, it's a pretty hard thing to beat a team that's really dedicated the whole process. So it's uh, uh that's one thing that I noticed from playing against you guys there or playing against other teams. Yeah. We rolled four lines. So. Everybody played. It wasn't like there wasn't a guy that didn't play. Everybody played and it was great. You know what? I'm on a team now that we, we've been doing that the last three or four games. And, you know, we've won three in a row, you know, it allows everybody to play. It makes everyone happy. And when everyone's happy, you don't have one person mad or angry. You know, it makes it better in the dressing room. And there's no, uh, you know, I guess you guys like to call it the cancer or whatever. Yeah. Negativity. There's no negativity in the room. It's just everyone's positive. Everyone's pushing, pulling. You know, a guy who hasn't scored a goal a year scores a goal. Everyone's excited. You know, you see a guy that never blocks a shot, blocks a shot now for the team. You know, everyone gets excited. And those are things that, you know, create winning atmosphere and winning uh, cultures. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's quickly uh, take a shift in gears here and let's talk about uh, Europe now, like where you are this year. How is, uh, how is that? Um, I know that this is your first year over here in Europe. You played quite a long time over in North America. Um, and you, uh, you know, always seen us uh, the last few years going over to Europe and, and it was always kind of interesting to you, and you, you always, uh, I feel like, were curious about it. But I know that we've talked a lot about it, uh, like previously. So, like, what are your thoughts about coming over to Europe and playing, and and how do you enjoy the hockey, and how do you enjoy the fans and the atmosphere? Like, what, what, like, give us your take on it. Well, the fans one are a lot more intense and a lot more. Uh, they're they're amazing for you. They're they're just absolutely crazy. They're unreal. They make crazy noise. They got their booster clubs or whatever they call them. Oh, yeah. They go mental. But you know when you're losing, it's not great. But when you're winning, they're amazing. Um, you know that that the culture of the fans is amazing to see. It's like soccer atmosphere, European soccer atmosphere, which you don't get back home. Mm-hmm. Um, the hockey's different, you know. You're playing on a bigger ice sheet, but the physical aspect of it is—it's too big of an ice to, you know, the physical part. You know, our league doesn't have as a one-fight rule, and uh, you know, if you're a bigger guy and you you hit guys, you know, you're more susceptible of taking penalties. 
which is different. You know, I, I think that's one of the things that I've struggled with. Uh, you know, I want to play that mean, gritty kind of North American style, and it doesn't really work here as much. I've struggled with that. But, you know, the the hockey's great. You know, there's a lot of good hockey players in, in our league. Um, it's, you know, there's a lot of good European hockey players that don't ever come over to North America, and you don't realize how good they are until you play against them, and they can move, they can skate, they got a lot of skill. And, you know, I think... The one thing that's different is they have a lot more. They have a lot of skill here, but then the physical aspect would be a struggle for them to come over to North America, where you know we have a lot of physicality, a lot of hitting, a lot of uh, you know body checking. There's fighting, more fighting, um, which would change for them. Um, but you know what? It's a learning curve, right? It, it, it's great hockey. It's a lot of offense, a lot of fast pace, back and forth, and uh, it's very entertaining. And, uh, you know, it, it did take me five or six games to get used to it. And, you know, now I'm, I, I've got understanding of it and uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm actually really enjoying it. Yeah, and uh, it seems like you're doing well, too, um, personally. With uh, you, know, you got almost 10 goals on the season, so that's pretty good. You're right on pace for what you're normally doing, so that's, uh, that's good. And you're wearing a letter, which is, which is I mean, also the just pretty much par for the course for for you and your in your career i mean i think once you take one second to have a conversation with you you can pretty much i think they gave it that... to me mike because i'm the second oldest guy <laughs> <laughs> that's experience buddy. Yeah, that's, that's experience, experience i guess right you're only the second oldest guy hey that's pretty good yeah, it's not bad and people are chirping me they're telling me let the kids play you know that hurts my feelings yeah. Well, hey, listen. If you can still bring it, yeah, uh, I'm still bringing it, Mike. But they're telling me I'm bone on bone. You know, things like that hurt my feelings. No, buddy. Hey, listen. You're a physical specimen, and I've seen you in the gym in the summertime. I know what your work ethic is like, and I know what kind of athlete you are. Uh, so they should probably uh, do their homework and do their research a little bit more. You know. Hey. They, they don't want me to get mad at them either, right? Yeah, because then you could just pretty much beat them into oblivion. That's it, brother. Um, Let me show I, what uh, Mike Vernay's taught me or Dennis Lindsay. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't have quite as many uh, professional fights as you. Uh, I got a few, but uh, probably not as many as you. I'm just going to go out on the record and say that I definitely don't have as many as you. So you have a little bit more uh, experience in that regard. That's okay. You, um, you can move better than me, buddy, that's for sure. <laughs> different players um i guess uh well i wanted to we did this uh last time with parsi as well with uh with blake and uh just wanted to take a quick second here um i know we chatted a bit before uh the episode on uh if there was something in particular like you would want to bring some attention to um whether it be uh, either business, uh, family business, or a cause, or uh, some sort of charity, or anything in particular, any sort of storyline that you'd want to bring some attention to. Um, I uh, we spoke a little bit about it briefly beforehand, but uh, yeah, if you if there's something that you'd want to bring some attention to, uh, the floor is yours. Well, I have a family business which is Ice Company. We make wholesale ice, but it's called Aqua Ice. That's know what I'd bring up. I think the one thing I'd bring up is, uh, you know, I have an autistic, uh, God brother and, 
you know, I think it's one of those things he needs, he's severe autism, autistic and, uh, you know, it's something that I've, you know, I have two kids that are, you know, obviously don't have autism and, uh, you know, I would never, you know, something very difficult to deal with. And, um, you know, I've, I've always been one to, you know, you know, to donate to it, the cause. And I think it's something, uh, you know, that it, you know, you, you see kids when you're in high school and elementary school with disabilities. And one thing I've always, you know, seen it with my god brother and other kids growing up in school, you know, it's, it, it's something that, uh, is something that I like to be aware of. And, uh, you know, autism Canada, we donated to me and my wife and, uh, I would just say, you know, that's something I would like to bring up. You know, there everybody's yeah. got issues or has a family member. It could be breast cancer or whatever. And everyone's affected in different ways. And, uh, you know, open your heart to different things and, you know, always donate to who, to different causes, not just the same one. And, you know, I've got a grandfather that died. He had MS. And, you know, I, I kind of always stick with those because they've affected me. Everyone has different things that affect them. So, yeah. you know, that's kind of what I would always bring up to people. Is there uh, is there a way they can um, see it either online or uh, like on social media? Is there some uh, particular, either a website or a Well, there's Instagram Autism Canada, handle. which is a foundation for autism. But uh, mm-hmm. a lot of times I've donated to the MS Society. Uh, you know what, my number one... Number one thing I use is Sick Kids Hospital. I've always, uh, that's probably my number one donation just because uh, what they do for children and uh, yeah. being a father of two kids and, you know, seeing them have any kind of, you know, even a cold or flu and to see what that, being at that hospital with them, you know, my son's, you know, broke a leg and it's nothing major compared to what some of these kids at sick kids hospital go through. And you realize, you know, uh, how, what they do for parents and kids. And, uh, that's mm-hmm. one thing I would, uh, put all my money towards something yeah. like that. Um, I, uh, I just, I remember now that you, you won OHL or CHL, um, Canadian hockey league humanitarian of the year. And, or the 2006? Yeah. What, uh, what was the main, um, thing that you like were awarded that for? Like, what was the foundation or something that you, like, what were you affiliated with back then? Um, I wasn't affiliated with uh, just a group. I was affiliated with a person. So I was playing at the time and a kid had lost, uh, he had a computer, he had Down syndrome and he had autism he suffered both and um, he had a computer that he used to communicate with. And it came to my attention when I was playing through my billet family that this had happened. So I said, well, let's let me try and do something to raise some money for it. So I came up with the idea to do a skills competition for to raise money for the kid to to buy the a new computer it was some specialized computer that helped him mm-hmm. talk to people or translate and uh to be honest I, the computer was really sophisticated i'm not great with computers um and you know it cost a bunch of money a couple couple grand and so we started a 
skills competition night, and it was open to all the fans in Owen Sound, whoever wanted to come. It was free. You just had to donate with whatever you wanted. It could be five bucks, two dollars, ten bucks, twenty bucks, whatever you wanted. And we ended up raising a couple thousand bucks, and we ended up buying him a new computer, and all the money went towards him, and uh, you know whatever education he wanted to do as he got older, and, and he came on the ice with us, he skated with us in the skills competition. It was actually a special moment, and uh, oh, that's great. It was a great, great event, and uh, it was probably one of the highlights of my hockey career. Absolutely, I mean that's a, a really prestigious honor. And that's a that's a really awesome thing that you did. I mean, it's as it's easy to think that like athletes are you know they can give back to the community and this and that because we're always in that position to like have access to those kind of things. But it's another thing to go out and actually do it and really put in that time and effort to actually organize something like that and yeah, get think, people together. That I think that's a uh, something that a lot of people might take for granted. Hundred percent, and I think uh, you know in Syracuse we did one. I, I, me and Eric Nielsen, we started our own charity called Change for Change, and we raised like forty thousand dollars. And you know what? We did a lot because we're the face, but the people that worked the front office did a lot as well. They deserve mm-hmm. recognition, and you know, as an athlete, it's you're like you are. You can get awareness. But it, it is it is difficult. It's, it's hard going out, right? Like you you'll do public appearances. You'll do a lot of public appearances when you're a pro athlete, and sometimes you think that's good enough. But then you know sometimes it's it's good to do a little bit more. You know, push guys to do a little bit more. When I was mm-hmm. captain of Syracuse, we I you know I made the guys do my chair days. I made them all come out and help out. And you know what? Not a single guy complained. I said, "Okay, guys, I need you guys to come," and every guy showed up. And that's that's the testament of hockey players. You know, they're all great guys, and they all want to give back to the community. And and, and I think it's just who hockey players are. Absolutely, I, I I actually agree with that, and I think that hockey players, by and large, are some of the nicest people uh, you can meet in a one-on-one setting for sure. They're super super people and very down to earth. So I definitely agree with that. Um, let's. Uh, we're we're close to the uh, we're close to the end. We can we can see the finish line here, Mike. I know I've taken up uh, some of your time. Uh, I really appreciate you being with us. But uh, let's jump back into this real quick here for a couple more questions that I have for you. Um, All right, thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me on here too, bud. Oh yeah, no problem, no problem. Um, I'll finish off with the with the shift in mindset, this or that. But before then, uh, I got two questions for you regarding uh, your hockey career still. Um, the first one is, uh, do you think you, um, when it comes to your NHL uh, experience, uh, do you think in your mind, this is strictly you um, assessing you on your own like career, uh, when it comes to the NHL, do you feel like playing as much as you did and making it is enough for you? Or do you feel like you always have that itch to play more and like, or is it okay that you, that you, that you made it uh, and played some games and scored a goal, which is awesome. I mean, listen, you played in the NHL, which is awesome already, but I know that there's kids out there, their, their mindset is like, you know, NHL or bust, but, and 
that was our mindset too, going into it. I think you have to have that, but now sitting back and thinking about it, you know, as we're at this point in our career, that, uh, like, what do you find to be the case now when you think about the NHL and your, your career? Well, fortunately, I, I, I've been fortunate to play in the NHL. You know, I'm, I'm grateful for that. You know, there's a lot of hockey players and amazing hockey players that never played in the NHL that should have gotten a game in the NHL. You know, I'm fortunate enough to have my name on a game sheet or score a goal. You know, I'm grateful for that. You know, do I feel like I should have stuck in longer and played more games in the NHL? 100% I do. I, I feel like I should have been up there more, but... I'm still more grateful and humble that I got that opportunity. So at the end of the day, you know, I've seen what a lot of guys have gone through and not get a game. And for me to go through the exact same thing and get games, you know, I'm thankful for that. And, uh, you know, I, I like to say I'm a lucky guy for that. Okay. That's, that's a, that's a good answer. I appreciate that answer. Um, last question before the, this or that, uh, this one's, Pretty, it's pretty good. Um, who is one person that you think helped you more than all the rest of the people uh, in your hockey career? That's a tough one. There's a lot of people. Yeah. You know, obviously, my mom and dad did a lot for me um, growing up to get get to the OHL. And pro hockey, I think, you know, when I was a pro hockey player, my wife obviously had a lot to do with it. Um, but one person that I, I don't know, I, I'd like to say, you know, my brother was my inspiration playing growing up. He was the one that, uh, he's the one I looked up to. He's the one I wanted to be. Um, and, uh, you know, my brother was a great hockey player, didn't make it, but he was always been one of my number one fans. And that's something, uh, you know, I, I've always admired about him. He's always been there for me. And, uh, you know, he's taught me a lot about hockey. And uh, you know what? I can't really say one person. I want to say my brother, but I, I got to say my dad and my mom too. My dad, you know, he pushed me a lot as a kid growing up. And then, you know, my wife has been there through a lot of a lot of brutal brutal times in pro hockey. You know, she was there when I was in a bus accident, you know, and uh she sacrificed me being away for a long, long time. And uh so I don't I, I can't pick one person. But you know, at the end of the day my parents are the ones that, you know, took me to all those hockey games when I was a kid. If I didn't do that, I wouldn't have played. So I'd have to say my mom and dad you know, they were the reason why I'm playing the game of hockey and my brother. That's uh that's a great answer. I'll, I'll accept that. Uh, family, family will be. Well, one you know, what, Mike, you better accept that answer. Cause that's yeah. an honest answer. I just, I know, I know, answer. Mike, listen, I, yeah, you, you're always, know my heart here, Mike. I know you always, you always have a heartwarming answer for me. And you always make me feel I wear my good, heart on Mike. my sleeve, Mike, you know this. Absolutely. That's your entire hockey career. And that's who you are as a person. You're exactly the same away from the rink. And I know that if I had to go into battle, I would uh, take you and jump into a foxhole and we'd go and we'd go and we'd be you, fine. You know, I tell you this straight up every time. Uh, yeah, I, I know. You, you do. I can't deny that at all. 
All right. Well, we'll finish off with the uh, the shifted mindset, this or that. Um, it'll be ten questions, and you could just pick one or the other, just for a little bit of fun. They're kind of random questions. Uh, some of them, I mean, they're hockey uh, related too. But uh, so this or that. So I just say this or that. No, like, well, I'll give you like, for example, the first one is chances or goals, and you just pick one or the other. Okay. Okay. So number one. Chances or goals? Chances. Hmm. Number two, uh, this is about coaches. Screamer or players coach? Players coach. Three, scoring goals or defending a play? Defending a play. I like that. Fighting in hockey, yes or no? Yes. Mm -hmm. Five. Nature or nurture? Oh, that's a tough one. Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I don't like babying guys, but that's a tough one, Mike. Nature. I'm so, gonna go nature. I'm gonna go nature because right. you don't want. Right. I, I don't know. I, I'm, this one's a, an iffy. Go either that's way. That's okay. It's okay. Nature's fine. It's a good answer. I like nurture uh, too, though. Yeah, well, you got to pick one. I'm going to go with nature. <laughs> okay. Uh, number six, 10,000-hour rule, yes or no? How many hour rule? 10,000-hour rule. What the heck is that? What is that rule? <laughs> so 10,000 uh, hours I got to work in a year? So, no, 10,000 hours is the, the threshold for becoming, uh, for mastering a specific uh, skill. So, like, you would have reached many thousands more than 10,000 hours to be playing professional hockey. Well, Usually what, it's, what it's, happens if you're gifted? Well, the, that's the whole, not me, but I'm just saying, but I'm going to say, yes, I agree. 10,000. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> you, need um, a, you need to be professional in your, your craft. Yeah. You got to earn it. Exactly. Given. So that, I mean, that would come into play with the 10,000 hours for sure. Um, Speed or patience? Ooh, patience. Patience is a virtue. Okay. Uh, real estate or cryptocurrencies? Real estate. Oh, yeah. Cryptocurrencies are up and down like a yo-yo. Yeah, I mean, especially recently. Are you a fan of pizza? I'm living in Italy, Mike. Pizza's my life here. I'm going to say pizza. Yes. Okay. Perfect. And what's your favorite social media platform? Oh, I'm terrible at all of them, but I don't know. I think uh, it's either Snapchat or Instagram. I'm not a Facebook guy. Um, I like Snapchat and my son because he's funny, but people (laughs) can't save it. So I'm going to go with Snapchat. Awesome. Great answer. Great answer. Well, Mike, honestly, this has been awesome. I, uh, yeah, this, it's been a great, great, uh, hour and a bit here of just talking and getting I had a to lot know of fun, you. Mike. It's like I was on the phone with you on a regular yeah, I mean, basis. Exactly. I just hope just... that I was better than Blake, uh, Parlett. Um, <laughs> I think I have a more interesting personality and, I just hope you don't do one on Andre DeVogue I don't think he's going to be very interesting. Um, I think your next guy oh. should be Chris Senzi. I think he'd be interesting. 
Uh, stay away from Andre DeVoe. Shot, shots fired. <laughs> Blake, Blake's a good guy, though. He, I listened to that podcast. It was a great podcast. Yeah, Blake Blake was a great podcast, and he uh, he also nailed it. Uh, he was yeah. really, really good on the show. Uh, he had some concerns about uh, about uh, how he was going to do beforehand, but he did awesome, and uh, so did you, and knocked out of the park, and I uh, really appreciate that. So where can people follow you and uh, your team online, uh, you know, social media or website or wherever? Uh, we're the HCB Foxes. I'm on there a lot, and uh, their Instagram. I'm, uh, I sometimes I take it over, so... If you're on there and uh, shifted, you guys do a lot of stuff about me, and uh, you know I'm thankful that I'm part of this, and uh, I'm thankful that you had me on here tonight. Thank you guys bring a lot to the table, and I wish I had this uh, growing up, and uh, appreciate everything you you're doing. That was uh, that was awesome. That was a great right hook at the end. I love that. That's a great uh, strategic play. Uh, I think that's great. We did not uh, talk about that before, so thank you. I appreciate that. No, I appreciate you, Mike. You're one of my best friends, and uh, you know it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, I wish you guys a merry Christmas, especially with Tristan. And uh, thankful that you had me on here. Thanks, Mikey. I wish uh, I wish you guys and, uh, and the kids uh, say out of the wife. Will do. Um, uh, enjoy the uh, the rest of the time before the Christmas break, and uh, good luck the rest of the season to you guys and uh, the Foxes. Same with you, buddy, and uh, all the best. Thank you. you. Thanks for being on the show, Mike. Too. Take care, my Thanks. friend. Ciao. Okay. Ciao. Thanks to Mike for being on the show. It's easy to see how he's attained all that he has in hockey. He's a tremendous human being with a lot of experience and a lot of leadership qualities that are well-suited for any facet of life. But especially in the hockey world, his qualities have served him very, very well. You can see that it's easy to like him, and he speaks from the heart, and he wears his heart on his sleeve every day when he goes to work and does his thing. If you like this podcast and you enjoyed listening to it, and it was informative to you, please share it with someone who could use it, and let us know how we're doing. We hope that you guys are enjoying what we are bringing to the table, and we'd love for you guys to engage with us more on social, and let us know what you guys would like to see, especially for 2018. In saying that, we wish you guys all a happy holiday season, and Merry Christmas, and enjoy this time with your family. Christmas is a great time to reflect and reset. Whether you've had a good year or not a great year, Christmas always offers a time to hit the reset button. And the holidays are an amazing time to spend time with family and to collect your thoughts and to set yourself up for the coming year. And whether that's in hockey or whatever you're doing, please note that it's important to reflect and make yourself a nice game plan for the upcoming year. And saying that, thank you guys for listening and we wish you guys all the best for 2018. And we'll talk to you next time. 